Welcome back to Screenfish Radio. I am so thrilled to be here uh, today to talk about a film I did not think I was going to talk about, but I can't, I had to. Taylor Swift, The Eras Tour. And I, this was my first experience with Taylor Swift, so I needed people that, that understand the Taylor Swift world and live within, no, I'm <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I'm very excited to have two dear friends of mine, Layla Ada and Judith McCartney here. Thank you both for please. So good to be here. <laughs> it, I am thrilled to have you both here because I need answers and I need to understand my own feelings <laughs> about this concert. Yeah. Um, I I really do. I really do. Um for those of you for the two percent of the population that don't know what what I'm talking about. Uh, Taylor Swift, the era's tour follows pop icon Taylor Swift as the cultural phenomenon continues in a once in a life concert experience that chronicles her entire catalog, or at least the span of it. The film has, the film has made broken records as a concert film and is continuing to dominate the box office. And I need, uh, as always, and I don't know why this would affect it here, but as always, this this podcast is rated S for spoilers. But <laughs> <laughs> she's in it. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, Layla, Judith, what do you think of the Eras Tour concert film and and just the the Swifty phenomenon? Buddy, first off, I'm just gonna say it's a post COVID win for um, uh, a tour, a concert. Um, right now, Fortune Magazine has actually said they forecast a net consumer spending of $4.6 billion. Uh, I think what I also heard is because of this era's tour, she has become a billionaire. Um, over 2.5 million tickets have been sold. Uh, so far, um, besides ticket sales, city businesses have experienced a surge in revenue, an increase of 15 to 20% in the cities that she's gone to. And it's it's actually uh, the most impactful that, that this tour has had would be um, short-term local employment between 500 to 800 temporary positions. So, you know, I feel like there's some sort of an economic legacy here, of which is surprising when you just have the optics and you look at Taylor Swift. It's profound in the ticket sales, uh, job creation, streaming, and merchandising. This is how big it is, Steve. Big. I, it's it's unbelievable. It's yeah. unbelievable. Yeah. yeah. Layla why <laughs> why yeah. why why is it so big I don't I feel like because I'm in the thick of it like I grew up with Taylor Swift she's my favorite artist of all time that like I'm like yeah of course like it's huge like it's such a unique concept for a tour to have a three and a half have an artist come out play for three and a half hours and the entire concert is spanning her entire discography I think it's such a unique experience. And I think for a lot of people out there, like 
you know, I was nine when her album Fearless came out. So it would be, it's nice to go to the show and you know that you're going to hear the old songs and the new songs. And I think Judas said it best, like coming out of COVID, it's like the ultimate concert experience to have. Mm -hmm. And, and it's intergenerational. You have to understand that, Steve. It's like little ones to senior citizens and everything in between male and female okay they love her and um i can attest to um her being very personable because i actually met her at uh the people's choice awards uh, a friend of mine gave con and i tickets to go to the people's choice awards in la and we saw how everything worked there for the stars and she was there and guess what she was doing she was standing up and she was giving uh what are what is that called autographs she was so approachable and kind and friendly and did selfies and that authenticity comes out in her show uh, is that true like i mean i uh, forgive me again i'm asking questions because i I want to learn about the phenomenon. Like I, I have to admit, I have to admit, I, I'm obviously I'm not a big Swift fan. I think she plays like twenty five songs. I knew maybe seven. Um, but my gosh, what a concert! Mm -hmm. Like it was an incredible show. I know. Um, three hours, buddy. It, it was it was I and I wasn't uh, there were very few moments where I was bored which makes it sound which I say that because in three and a half hours if you don't know any of the songs it is hard to maintain attention but it's just a staggering performance mm -hmm. um Layla what is it that sets her apart for other pops from other pop stars for you what is it that makes her different you've loved her forever yeah I think I agree with Jude. Like, there's just something about her that's so personable that, like, I've never met her. Like, probably won't ever meet her because she's reached like new heights of fame. I feel like in the last couple of years, I just think there is something about her that, even though she was like completely in like a different realm than I am, there was something about her that was I connected with that I felt was so relatable in her music, mm. and that kind of I feel like helped with it she was like the one constant like it didn't matter if i was like listening to like punk or emo or whatever it was like i would always come back to taylor Swift. like she was my number one um yeah and i feel like i'm obviously not the only person that feels that way and i think yeah she just the personality the relatability in her music how she was always different with her fans like she was like on tumblr on twitter like replying to people like surprising people giving them gifts and inviting them out to listen to the album early with her and things like that that i feel like no art artist really ever does um which i think makes it that much more special mm -hmm. that, see that's that's so interesting to me because that, that was apparent to me in this film was the relationship of the fans and judith i think you said it was intergenerational mm -hmm. I mean, this, I've seen a few show, I mean, I've seen, I'm, I'm not a massive concert goer. I never really have been. My, my favorite, my favorite concerts are U2 and Sarah McLachlan, favorite. 
I absolutely adore them. Um, but I mean, I'm watching this this film, and you just see girls ages nine and ten, and women in their you know forties and fifties in tears, in tears with with her music. Mm-hmm. And there's a connection she has with her audience that I don't that I don't understand. Steve, Steve, she is telling she is telling their story. Okay, so you have this girl, and I don't know what the song is called because I'm I'm really truly not a Taylor. I'm not a Swifty. Okay, but I do like the girl. But what's that song about her and the cheerleaders? And you know, she was making this. She. Oh, you belong with me. Yeah, you belong with me. Yeah. Uh, but but you know what? That's that's the majority of girls in high school or middle school, right? Like you're just like this average kind of nobody really sees you. And then she's making these comparisons of the cheerleader and her and what she's like, what you know, what the other girls like, what she's like. But I feel like people are connecting through the storytelling. She does it so well, and she comes out on top okay she does she comes out on top Mm. and and you know when i listen to songs layla i don't know if you do this but when i listen to songs i pretend i'm a character in the that song or i pretend i'm that person on stage (laughs) i do i turn up the music in my car and like if it's a good song i'll put it on repeat like four times okay but I, I just feel like she's relatable, Steve. She really is. And you become empowered because the girl from that song, like 12 years ago, you're singing her song and you know where she's at now. And you're like, yeah, you go, girl. So you kind of feel like, hey, she can, I connect with her. This is where I'd like to be. I wondered that it's well, first of all I have this image of Judith in the car being Taylor <laughs> Swift and that's the greatest image ever uh, <laughs> yes but maybe maybe you could both talk about your experience in the film I don't know I don't know what it was like for you I don't know what because I don't know when you saw it in comparison with the audience but this has been a fascinating a fascinating film where audiences are encouraged to participate and I mean even at our at, at the screening I was at the guy came out with a bullhorn which he really didn't need to do and, and and said we invite you to get up and dance and do this stuff and I was like this is this and I think he even says this is your moment he's not even on this is a guy that works there <laughs> and I, can you talk a little bit about what that was like what was it like when you saw it and 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 how much were you dancing <laughs> um yeah well I didn't get tickets to the actual Ares tour um so I definitely I wanted to see it to like experience it but it was actually funny I bought tickets to see it on my birthday a couple weeks ago and I was digging through my email to find the tickets and I was like oh my goodness I ordered these or I purchased the tickets in August for like to see to see a movie two months from now which is kind of insane um I, not that like, it's totally fine as other people want to dance. Personally, I just wanted to like sit in like a comfy seat and like watch it. Like, I guess like have the whole experience of just like having my eyes on the screen the whole time to not miss anything. Um, <coughs> sorry. <clears throat> but yeah, so I saw it in the 19 plus theater. 
I feel like people were more reserved, but I just sat there with like a glass of wine and popcorn and watched it, but everyone was singing, which was nice. And it was like very much felt like a community watching it. And I did like that. But yeah, it's the only movie where I've ever bought tickets like in advance. I never, ever, ever do that. Good for you because a lot of people weren't <laughs> able to even get tickets. It it oh. is shattered concert concert film records. It's absolutely yeah. demolished them. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> and most of the tickets were only like on the weekend, right? So um well what I loved about it was I had the best seat in the house. You know, like anybody that went to uh, the era's tour show the movie had the best seat in the house because like you see everything from the detailing of her dresses from the bedazzling on her um, guitar um, you get to see everybody's facial expressions you get to see her and how cheeky she is when she you know calls people to you know cheer for the song um, just the confidence right like you just felt like you were right there. And I feel like um, the experience of this, this movie, this documentary was just, you were front and center. You just felt the whole vibe. You know, it's funny when I was there and I saw it opening weekend, but you know, where I am, the theater was far from full because it's always far from full. Um, but there were there were group two or three groups of women one of them was about 20 people up sitting at the back and i felt like a stranger in a strange land <laughs> were they all standing and cheering oh, they, did, they didn't stand but they were all doing them and singing <laughs> along and go 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 and you know all this stuff yeah. and it was it, they were it was like she was in the room and and every now and then I, yeah. There were these these women to the right of me, and every now and then they would look over it. I feel like they would look over at me, and I I was there. The most I was doing was like moving my foot, like my arm, <laughs> like this, which they didn't see. Yeah, and I'm like, I, and I'm sitting by myself. I went by myself. <laughs> like I invited experience. you to go to Scarlem. You did, you did. I couldn't get to your screening, so I'm sitting there by myself. But. <laughs> It was really interesting. As I was leaving, uh, Alicia says to me, she goes, so are you bringing friendship bracelets? I said, for what? Because <laughs> <laughs> that's a thing. And I didn't know that was a thing. Yeah. Uh, what is that bracelet thing? What 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 is that, Layla? Um, she has a line in a, one of her songs off her newer album, Midnight. Um, the song is called You're On Your Own Kid, but she says there's a line in the song about make the friendship bracelets. So then... I guess it just stemmed from that. Um, for, like people were, would bring them on the, to the Eras tour shows and then you would trade them with other fans. Oh, there. that's yeah. cool. It's kind of like yeah. the Disney pins, Steve. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's like the yeah. Disney pins. It, it amazes me the depth that, and, and again, as an outsider, that Swifties will go. It feels like people trying to unlock the Da Vinci code. Yeah. You know? <laughs> it's like, she had this in her song and she did this and she said this, so we should do, yeah. but it's actually really, really cool to see, especially if you're involved in that. And as an outsider, I see that I'm like, this is, this is great. Like, this is really impressive because it's more than a show. Um, 
it feels like an it feels like an both inclusive and exclusive experience like it's like you have to be on the in to kind of get that but if you're not on the in Swifties want to welcome you (laughs) it's incredible it's like a movement you know like um as you know uh our daughter and our son played you know um like d1 um sports and because they did you can go to tailgates for you know uh football parties and stuff like that this is what the swifties have created they've created tailor gates okay yeah so you know tailgates for nfl games or football college football games they have tailor gates come on like that's huge okay so they start the bracelet thing they do other things i'm sure of which layla would know i do not know <laughs> but they've also started tailor gates come on that's like she's taking over this male dominated you know tailgate thing it's really cool i i am so fascinated by just how how much larger than than music this truly is i really i really mean that Layla, I mean, I know you've been a fan for a long time, so I'm coming to you first on this. What, if anything, do you think this concert tells us about her? Um, Because I know that people have given her credit for a lot of different conversations starting. But I also don't know how she's done those things as an as an outsider. Like, can you what about this concert do we learn about Taylor Swift, if anything? Yeah, I think, honestly, it just shows, like, one, her range as a musician, like, to go from country into pop and, like, then, like, folklore and evermore, which for some of her more recent albums were very, like, indie-based. So I think, I think people can be incredibly misogynistic about her, um, about what she chooses to write her songs about, about her personal experiences. It's, like, the jokes about how often she is in and out of relationships and things like that. Like she can't keep anything to herself or whatever, you know, the comments are. I think the film kind of speaks for itself and just shows her talent as an artist, like her songwriting abilities, her ability to move between genres, her, like just her performance ability alone. Cause a three hour concert with like little to no breaks like there's like I guess small breaks between the eras for her but like it's not an easy thing to do and like the U.S. tour which is like the film the film was filmed or recorded I guess on the one of the last dates of the LA like kind of residency because she did like six nights there which was at the end of the tour and the tour was like 30 some odd shows so it just kind of shows like her talent as an artist I feel like because to be doing a three-hour set at that level and like she's acting like it's the first night of the tour and not one of the last nights yeah Judith what about you I mean like you said you're you're uh not new to the Taylor Swift phenomenon but you you also are sort of coming in yeah was there anything about Taylor Swift that you felt this concert said to you 
Yeah. So um, what this tells me is, let's go back historically first, okay? She kind of came on the scene when she was 16. She she got notoriety for her, her singing and uh, the momentum of fans growing and growing and growing. And then she loses her publishing rights. This is something that we should talk about because uh, after the publishing rights, she, she gets unrealistic contracts. Um, she's lost her master rights for her first six albums. Think about that, okay? Mm. However, she still continues to be a healthy role model. She did use her voice to say, listen, I wanted to buy it back, but they didn't give me a chance and sold it to somebody else. And so I feel like she's real creative with her roadblocks. So um, when I when you ask the question, what does this tell us about her? I think to myself, whoa, look at her. You know, she's very confident. Um, she's pulled it together. She's curated a landscape where she continues to be powerful. And um, I've always said this to people. I, I do leadership development and organizational development. And I always tell people, listen, if you can frame your roadblocks as opportunities, that would be the best way of going about, you know, things when, you know, situations when you get challenged. And I feel like she's created roadblocks, the roadblocks she's created real great opportunities. So I feel like um, this tells us about her confidence, her creativity, her understanding of other people. Uh, she's a good storyteller. And um, it also shows us how she's matured. I loved her earlier songs. It's so cute and peppy. Uh, but now like, uh, what's that one? Come on, Layla. Lover. Who doesn't like lover? Okay. Come on. That's the best song. <laughs> so cute. Like to see her growing up through the songs and the playlist that was played for that doc. So she's great. She's so fun loving and, and just kind hearted. I feel like she exudes that. Do, do you, yeah, see now this is interesting because I've heard her name used as an example of, of I mean, I've heard her name used praised, praised to high heavens in any number of ways. But I've heard her name used as an example of the Me Too movement. Mm -hmm. And is that what that stems from? Like, because I understand uh, this is what I'm learning. I didn't know what the whole Taylor's version thing was all about. I had no idea. I just thought she was trying to make money off her old songs. But I, I, I now I'm hearing it has something to do with the 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 public, uh, her former master manager, rights. Or something. master rights, yeah. master rights. Yeah. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't know the whole story. I just, you know, wrote, read an article quickly tonight. That's where I have that information from. But, you know, when she used her voice regarding it, everybody called her a little crybaby. And um, I didn't think that was fair because if, and I, I recall when it was Paul McCartney that wanted to buy the rights to one of his songs and Michael Jackson had purchased oh, yeah. it. Do you remember that? All of Nobody, them. Nobody called him a crybaby. Yeah, Michael Jackson. I don't bought, think so. Michael Jackson bought all the the rights to all the Beatles music. 
Yeah. And so, so you sit back and you say, oh, the poor Beatles. But, you know, and, and I feel like journalistically, um, they kind of had compassion for the Beatles when that happened. But with her, they, they just kind of looked at her as, ah, you know, she's just being a little saucy girl. Uh, but she really deserved, you know, the opportunity to purchase the rights, but they never gave it to her. They, they, she wasn't even a thought. So she was really smart. Layla, what did she do? She, she re-recorded it. <laughs> she re-recorded all the songs and at the same albums, all the same songs. And now what do all the Swifties do? They listen to her new songs. They purchase her new songs. That's smart. <laughs> it, well, it is. It is. Uh, Layla, I mean, Layla, as a fan, seeing that happen, what, like, how did you feel about that? Like, what, what were your thoughts on that? Because that, I, I don't recall, I've seen other artists release their own music again and stuff like that. That's happened. I've never seen it done this way. Yeah, I think, I think she just, not that she's the first one to call out labels for kind of exploiting artists for their art, essentially. But I think with her, she wasn't going to go down quietly, which I think is super admirable. Like, she posted it online for everyone to see. She used their names, like she was like, this person sold my music to someone else who has never ever treated me well in this industry who's been extremely sexist towards me which I think is so admirable and she didn't just rewrite I'm not sure if you guys are like familiar but like Taylor's version always comes out with songs that she calls from the vault so they're songs that were previously unreleased that she that she recorded or wrote during that the time of that particular album so she's re-releasing the songs and then she's also including new songs on each re-recorded album. So you're not just getting the original album. So she's also just making the album more valuable for a fan. So it's like, why would I listen to the old version? Also just like, it's more modern. So it's like, I joke with people that it's like her voice has been put through like a Brita filter, like the newer versions are like they're uh -huh. crisper and they're cleaner. <laughs> and the production is just like, it's almost like she was things that, when you're listening to the album, the older album, it's like, oh, I might have changed that. She now has the opportunity to do it. So it just like, it just kind of like a no brainer, I feel like. That's interesting. So, you know, from, you know, she's releasing, re-releasing Love Story, but she's also re-releasing songs that she wrote that didn't get released from that era. Yeah. Is that what you're saying? Exactly. Yeah. That's fascinating. I, I honestly, I was fascinated by the structure of this concert. Like I, like I said, I, uh, you know, concerts are not my lifeblood. I know you both are more regular <laughs> at, at concerts and whatnot. So Layla, I think, drinks them. Um, <laughs> How true. Um, but, you know, I, I the concerts I've been to, I've seen people do their back catalog, you know, especially you 2 They'll play the, they always open with their main album or the main one they're promoting and then go into the back catalog because every band knows you're really there to see the back catalog even if their new album has has hits, they got to promote the new album, then they get to the back catalog. That's not how it works. But this, the way that this was built was fascinating. It was just like, we're watching 
like I think it was you, Judith, that you're watching her grow up in three hours. And even from the costume changes to the way that she uses her sets to the it was fascinating. It was riveting to me. And I mean, like, yeah. and she has I, it, it her the relationship we she has with her fans. At one point, she even calls it. I, you know, this is looking like I think she says to them, you know, here we are. And it looks like a soulmate situation. And of course, everybody cheers because, oh, my God, yeah. soulmates <laughs> with Taylor. But. Yeah. But but it's it's more than just a cheap pop, or it seems like more than just it might just be a cheap pop. She might have carefully constructed this image, <laughs> but but it doesn't feel like that in that moment. And and to see this back catalog be used in the way I don't think I've ever seen it say this album now, this album now, this album now. And I thought that is it, and it actually breaks the rule that I've seen before because it's like yeah okay. Well, we're going to get to the new stuff, but she doesn't... Midnight's is the new album, right? It's the newest album? Yeah, it's the, it's her most recent. So you, she's ending on the new stuff, which yeah. I've never seen before. But because of the way that she... Now, it's not a perfect arc. Like, she, she takes detours, of mm -hmm. course, along the way. But, man, it is it is really interesting to see that relationship, even in the structure of the show, is it's unbelievable. It really is. I I don't know. Like I I really feel like sometimes these artists have a little bit of like a little stroke of luck as well, you know. And and there's something about her that that people just love, and um, they really trust her. They love her music, and she's very talented, having written all of her songs trust is a fascinating word i'm saying fascinating a lot tonight but it was that's a very interesting word judith um trust there's a relationship of trust that the fans have with her why i mean we've we've talked about all these things and i don't mean to belittle it by saying it again but but trust is a really big word and there seems to be a genuine personal trust in a time when we don't trust our celebrities. Yeah. So why? Why why trust her? Why do you both think we can trust Taylor <laughs> Swift? Um, I think she's always been known to be extremely vulnerable and like we kind of touched on it a bit before that she does have a very unique connection with her fans, unlike any other artist that I listen to. I think, you know, going back for years and years and years and years, like everyone makes comments about how she overshares, how she like moves from guy to guy. And she kind of never let that really get to her. Like her music 10 years ago is just as vulnerable as Midnight's is. Mm. So I feel like I I trust her that like, I, I do trust her like, because <laughs> I, I can tell through her music how honest she is, so. I remember like when the heiress tour got announced, I was like, I have to go to this. Like I was like under like nothing, I have to go. And I just like had this, I just knew in my gut, I was like, this is gonna be the concert of the century and it is. I mean, it's hard to argue that it really is. Is there yeah. is there a favorite moment that you both had from the film? I I really just loved how how she was so confident up there. I loved her outfits and I loved it when she just 
wanted, you know, of her fans to engage. You know, she just had to stand there for five seconds and, and do this, you know, like, did I hear you say, you know, or, you know, she would just have this posture up there. And, and I'm like, yeah, she, she controls the whole stage. She controls all the fans. And it was just incredible. People just love her. Um, her outfits, I really loved and her posture up there. I think that's for me is everything because in this day and age, you have so many stars wanting attention. So they're flaunting it, right? They're, they're flaunting their body up there, but I like the sexuality of who they are, but I feel like she's very tasteful and she's very classic and um, everybody likes it. I mean, it's not, it's, it's not too tweeny, right? But it's just so classic and I don't know. She's not selling herself out. That's what I love about her. Mm -hmm. For sure. Layla, what about you? Um, I, I really like the red album. So like the red era part of the movie was my favorite. Um, she does that 10 minute song, which I love. And I, I was really surprised that she actually like was doing that one on the tour. Um, so I liked that part. And I feel like that's like your, it's like your breakup song, but like on a different level because it's 10 minutes long. So I feel like it was like, obviously fans were engaged the whole time, but that was like the one song where I really felt like everyone was like super into it with her. Yeah, she made it that we're really, really, really never getting back together. Never ever. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> yeah, that's like the best song ever. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I have to admit that the staging was the best part. I mean, she she was incredible. She's an incredible performer. Don't get me wrong. But the staging was unlike anything I've I've ever seen. And I okay, I'm going to I'm going to juke to the left here a little bit. So and so during TIFF, uh I got the opportunity to go see uh Stop Making Sense, The Talking Heads. Which I don't know, like I don't know if either of you have seen that. Um, I didn't see the movie, but I know who the Talking Heads are. Okay, so there it's promoted as the great, held as the greatest concert film ever made. Um, this is how they promoted it, and I I went in actually as a similar experience for me going in than it was with Taylor Swift because I went in knowing maybe three songs. I'm like I I like three songs by the Talking Head. Just say same say same as it ever was, and I'm good. Um, but for a three hour, two and a half hour concert film and have it, and this is 1983, like this is 40, this is the 40th anniversary. Again, I found myself engaged, even though I didn't know most of their stuff, because even with limited, like they had some projections on the screen behind them, but, but they're so interesting on screen even down to the fact that the whole band isn't on stage for the first like five songs, they would, he's out by himself. Then he brings out the bass player. Then he brings out the drummer song by song by song. It was fascinating. I was like, this is actually really interesting. I see why it said that. And, and being a big U2 fan, I've always said the zoo TV tour, I think is the best concert film I've ever seen. But now that I saw that, 
I understand the Zoo TV tour because it actually, I could see what it borrowed from Stop Making Sense. And now having seen this, I see a, a huge arc, a huge arc in terms of concert films and just the way that people use, how the, the, these bands are using their stage to, to further their stories. And I've never seen anything like what she's doing. Like she lowers a, a house for like uh -huh. uh, the scene is that the folklore era am i am i getting that right or or the one where she's she's in like a cabin yeah that's folklore it's folklore and then they've got the rising platforms and they're smashing it for i, I think know. that's never ever getting back together and the cracks are coming up on screen and th there's it's always moving but it's never distracting and of course there's the swim which looks incredible. <laughs> I mean, I've just never seen anything like that. I mean, they do it. And then, okay, so the swim. I want to talk about the swim. She dives under the stage. And I, I understand there's a, a cart. Not Swifties, don't get mad that I'm ruining the magic. A <laughs> cart that drags her over. She comes up with a costume change for the next song. Disappears in the back and then shows up at the front again. Yeah, I know the timing is perfect. I'm like, did did she take a subway this time? How did she <laughs> get there? Yeah, it's yeah, unbelievable. and also, also the the costume change too was quick. Yeah, it's flawless. Yeah, like I, I actually fear for the people that work work with her, not because, and I'm sure she. Everything I hear is that she's lovely. But the precision, the precision that this would require is absolutely staggering. Like, it's just an incredible. Yeah. Um, yeah, the precision was really on top. And, and I feel like, you know, we can, uh, we can think about like Formula One drivers. Yeah. It, it's that kind of thing. It's that kind of thing amazing um here's a question for you all and Layla I know that you're in concerts so maybe this may maybe you can answer this better than than the either two of us but I've read that now studios are interested in releasing more concert films you know part maybe that's because of the strike as well I know Beyonce's got one coming up later this month I believe do you think do you both think that this is the beginning of of an open door for that or is this just a taylor swift blip on the radar there is there is is this a signal that people actually want this or is this just like taylor swift fans in their moment um i think I think when you're talking about Taylor Swift and Beyonce, you're kind of like on a different level to a certain extent. Um, like as an artist, you have to reach completely like insane heights. Like I know you, you talked a bit about the production and how insane it was. Like that cost like thousands upon thousands of dollars to do at a show. Um, and I feel like you just have to have like a specific connection with your fans to be confident enough that you're you're just releasing a film about that's a recording of a concert that let's say 80% of the people who are going to see this film have already been to the concert in real life 
and somehow you're getting them to pay all over again to go see the movie in a theater, like see the concert in a theater. Um, and it's not like you're getting, I remember I was explaining this to someone I work with who's not really a Taylor Swift fan at all. And he was like, so it, it's just the concert. And I was like, yeah, I'm just gonna go watch the concert like in the movie. He's like, there's no like behind the scenes. There's no like editorial content in the film. Like it's just the concert. And I was like, yeah, it's just the concert. So I think, <laughs> um, but I, there's, I wouldn't do that for every artist. No. Um, so I think you, it's, I think Taylor Swift, it is a bit more of a unique situation because the Eras tour was huge and got so much media attention and coverage that like, I think she knew she could come out with the film and she, she knows she has the type of fan base that would go watch it like I'm I've seen it already I'm going to see it again this weekend with a different friend who hasn't gotten the chance to see it yet um I think maybe more artists will be open to doing it but I don't think it will have the same effect by any means Mm -hmm. I knew you were trouble when you walked in yeah (laughs) um you know what my lens would be more from an operational standpoint Um, There's so much going on in the music industry. You've got AI, okay? You've got all the different forms. You're selling merch, you know, um, there's SoundCloud. uh, What else is there? Apple Music, et cetera, Spotify. And so they would be amiss with someone like Taylor Swift and even Beyonce not to do something like this because it's another form, you know, to get, the momentum like to keep the momentum going so pragmatically I feel like it it was just a smart idea and they knew that it would go well like I again I I've never been a real true Swifty fan but I'm becoming one um but I would do that for you too I I love you too if I went to their concert (laughs) I would actually go to see a U2 whatever at the movies, I would, right after going to the concert. But you know, like her and Beyonce are as enormously popular and similar to the Beatles and Elvis. That's what they say, right? And they also have an ever-growing fan base. So I can see how that would be a smart move because it's an opportunity. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm, one to think it, this is a, a a flash in the pan and i don't mean taylor swift is a flash in the pan i mean that you know i i i'd go see a band i like maybe in theaters you know if i if i've been to the show would i do it maybe just to support it but if i saw the show already i don't know if i'd do that or i'd just wait till it came out and or and streaming or disc and watch it again um it uh but i i feel like this just taps into the lifeblood of the Taylor Swift fans. And actually, I really hope the Beyonce one does well. I actually prefer Beyonce, but mm-hmm. I, I really hope her concert does well. Um, because I, I I want to see I want to see other artists get this opportunity, but at the same time, I'm like, I just I feel like this is the just because that this has set records it doesn't mean that everybody's like you know what we need we need every band to do a concert film uh i don't think that's what this says i think what this is again taps into that relationship with the fans 
in, mm-hmm. in a really interesting, unique way. I wonder, Steve, if, if you know, there'll be a momentum with that, you know, with, with these, uh, with these with concert. concert films. Yeah. There could be. They're doing that with orchestras and stuff, right? Vivaldi, you can go see the Four Seasons and all this kind of stuff on at the theaters. Yes, but it doesn't have a following. Like, I, I don't know if there's uh, a, a ton of Vivaldi fans that are waiting for the next press, live presentation. <laughs> but this one, this one is is cool because it's it's viral. It's viral. <laughs> yeah. Um, absolutely. Well, I okay, we're running out of time to you both. We should screen it or skip it. Taylor Swift, the Eras Tour, screen it or skip it. On the count of three. One, <laughs> two, three, screen it. Screen it. <laughs> <laughs> I guess I'm biased, but yeah, I would say screen it. I think you're never, ever, ever gonna see a concert of that caliber, personally. It, it it's pretty remarkable. I you know it's in all honesty, and I don't consider myself a new Swifty having seen it. I I I won't anticipate her new album, but I'd watch that again. It yeah, was an incredible show, incredible show. Yeah. Um, I know it was awesome. Yeah, there, there's for a concert film uh, that that everybody's hyping up. I went in and I was skeptical, and I was blown away. I was blown away, and uh, I think that uh, you know, if you if you now if you despise Taylor Swift, there's no <laughs> reason for you to see that. But even if you are a casual, casual interest or, or like a couple of her songs, I think I think anybody can enjoy that. It's a phenomenal, phenomenal show. Mm-hmm. Okay. In closing, I would like to say something. Although we see Beyonce and Swifty doing really well there as females, you know, in the music industry, I need to tell everyone and give them awareness that there's a gender disparity through although her and Beyonce are leading the industry, there still is a huge disparity for women. Just want everybody to know that. Which and I I, I mean Layla, I'm sure you can speak to this too, but I mean from what I'm hearing, that gives so much power to her 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 showing her ability to stand up for herself in the in especially in regards to her music and, and whatnot. Yeah, I mean, she literally has a song called The Man where she sings about, like, the injustices that she's faced. And it's in the it's in the film, so you can see it there, too, to watch yeah. her perform it. But, yeah. She's fortunate to be in this season for music because in the 80s and the 90s, when you saw all the girl bands, a lot of them now are giving sort of informal little interviews and saying, yeah, you saw us up there and everyone thought that we were making a lot of money, but we hardly even had money for groceries. Yeah. Yeah. So, anywho. Absolutely. Thank not, you. Not to like end it on a low note, Steve. <laughs> no, that's a good note. It's a good note for a film like this. <laughs> it uh, was good and everybody should go see it. It's awesome. 
Uh, I really appreciate you both, and I'm thankful that you you could take some time to talk about Taylor Swift with me. I really do. Um, uh, if you have any anything or anyone you want to promote, now's a good chance. I always say sell your wares. Okay. <laughs> you have anything? Well, I'm not selling myself, but I'd like to sell to people. My daughter, her name's Victoria Love McCartney, up and coming mu musician that wants to be an artist, but also publish her music. Listen to her. Go to Instagram, Victoria Love McCartney. Go for it, peeps. Uh, absolutely. She's great. Absolutely. Layla, anything you want to hype up? Because I know you're, you're a concert promoter, so you got anything you want to promote? <laughs> um, I don't think I have any upcoming shows. I do sometimes write for an online magazine called Beetroot. I actually just wrote an article on Taylor Swift. Oh, you can read it wow. over there. Um, Maybe you can yeah. put a link to that, Steve. Yeah. Tell yeah. Me where, what link. is the name? What is the name? Um, I can send you a link after. It's called um, the magazine's called Beetroot, and I just wrote an article connecting your Taylor Swift songs to your zodiac sign because I always say oh, that her songs were what? written in the stars. Yes. So, oh. can read about cool. it on there. <laughs> Love it. Love That's it. really cool. Yeah. Well, I appreciate that. I appreciate that, and we'll 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 have that up on screen so that people can <laughs> can follow you. And for you at home, a reminder, you can find us wherever podcasts are available. Um, you can find us on Spotify and Apple Muse, our Apple Podcasts, uh, everywhere, any, hopefully anywhere, Google Podcasts, anywhere that you, you can get yours. Uh, also, you can find us on YouTube. Subscribe to us there. Smash that subscribe button. Um, at uh, Just look up ScreenFish. And if you go to the podcast page at ScreenFish.net, you can download Fishing for More, which are small group questions to help you get the conversation started where you are. Uh, and once again, I want to thank you both so much for the time and, and chatting with me. I really appreciate it. And for you at home, we started the conversation. This was Screenfish.